is Tariq Talk. Your host, Tariq Mendez, takes you on a journey with guests from all around the world. Broadcasting around the world. Around the world. This is Tariq Talk.
Um, it, de it really depends. A lot of mine are planned because they're usually projects that are um, done by the city mm -hmm. or the town that oh, it's okay. in. So it usually has a theme that you have to submit oh, to. Oh, you can't just like randomly go and start painting it? No, I've never done um, un like quote unquote illegal yeah. work. I'm, oh. a, you know, occasionally a little like a wheat paste here or there, yeah. but I've never been one to like, you know, do stuff on the streets that wasn't mm -hmm. um, approved approved yeah. yeah never done really unapproved work so in those cases the utility boxes they always had a theme oh, and you know i just went with the theme whatever it was oh, i always thought as long as it's like let's say like family friendly or you're not like damaging private property you could just add some flavor to it i didn't know it was like that yeah i guess it all, i guess it all depends i mean i guess it really all depends on yeah. you know if you were to get caught yeah on, i guess the cop yeah, and I guess it would depend on a lot of other factors. So when you're doing those, would you like do cops stop you and say, "Hey, do you have a permit? Can I see it?" Or um, no, I've never had that because I feel as though when those projects are going on, whoever is in charge of them, and again, it's usually it's oh, usually okay. like a city and then art organization partnership. Okay. I feel as though the cops are notified. Already know, yeah. I've never had a, a police officer think that I was doing something illegally. Mm -hmm. Maybe because it's broad daylight, yeah. so they don't think someone is so yeah. brazen to just be to doing do it, that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which so. makes sense, because like when you buy graffiti, like you have to give your ID nowadays. So I never. Yeah, and like now yeah. certain stores even have the spray paint locked up. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you have to yeah. be. I guess and they walk into the right store when you're ready to pay. Yeah. That makes sense. I didn't know it was because of that. Yeah. Um, and then like, who who are your creative like influences? Well, you know. A lot of them are sort of like the, you know, the bigger names that everyone know, the Warhol, Basquiat, mm -hmm. Keith Haring, you know, obviously Shepard Ferry, I was heavily influenced, you know, his stencil work and stuff like that influenced. But then there's a lot of, you know, local artists that whose work I really admire. Um, Distort has a lot of murals in Jersey City. Um, there's was this he at the Art Fair in Portland too? Yes, he was the oh, guy yeah. who had yeah, the... Had he, he does a lot of murals in the city, I mean, all over, and he has those, I don't know if he had the fire extinguishers, but it was the metal, and it was etched on the metal. He was in the showcase part, sort of by Bark the Dogs, like oh, chair. Oh, okay. And it was, um, he does all sorts of stuff. I mean, he does murals, drawings, and he's done a lot of work on uh, metal surfaces, and then he would have, I don't know exactly how he did it, but he would basically unravel, like, mm. um, fire extinguisher yeah. and he would etch and paint onto him so distort oh wow you know he's really great um you know there's so many local artists um there's a local artist in he's based out of newark uh like anuna yawar which i mm -hmm. believe he's he used to go by oh, lunar yeah. new year yeah and so i mean his his murals and his is that the is, one that the like has that lady with the like she only sees her eyes in the mural um it's possible, possible, but one yeah. of the uh, one of the really good works he's done recently is in the new Terminal A at Newark Airport. Okay. He did a massive mural um, that was installed. I believe he did it offsite, and then it was installed. And it's all about sort of, you know, it's an airport, so a lot of it has to do with the immigrant experience. Yeah. I mean, Newark's a big city for immigrants, yeah. and also, um, you know, how it's the ancestral homeland of the Lenni Lenape tribes. So there's a lot of that in there. Uh, his work, you know, is really inspirational. Um, there's another artist comes to mind is uh, Brittany Williams, I believe is her name. She did a portrait of Michelle Obama in Newark, a mural. It's really good. Uh, there's another artist, Gaia. He's done work all over the world. He's a really incredible muralist. I mean, his work is photorealistic, and it's just what he does with spray cans yeah. and rollers and brushes is like it blows my mind. Um, you know, and, I mean, a lot of the artists in. Um, 150. I really enjoy seeing yeah. a lot of the work created there. You know, the artists that I showed with at 14C, Fabrizio, Kirk Bray, Lucy Rovetto. You know, I really enjoy their work. You guys had a beautiful booth. Yeah, yeah I mean, I was really, it was a good opportunity. I really appreciate it. It was really nice to show yeah. work alongside those talented artists. And, uh, you know, it seems like because of where we live, there's no end to the amount of artists yeah. whether they have a following and they have you know uh you know a certain amount of fame or not there's just so much um good art that you can really take in and be inspired by so mm -hmm. it really doesn't end
beautiful thank you for sharing that and then what's your creative process like are you like a night person or i used to be i was definitely like when i first started i was definitely a night person um out of college i i got a job as a video editor oh cool and so i would do that and then i'd come home then i the routine would be like come home i would like exercise and then i would just at the time i was living i was still living at home with my dad Mm -hmm. and i had my basement room I set up like a small little studio. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, so you know he was really supportive of it, and uh, you know I would just kind of work. He'd always get concerned because I would forget to eat dinner. Uh-huh. <laughs> that means you're in the zone. Yeah, so I was in the zone. So I was definitely a night person then, and uh, you know when I moved to Hoboken just over ten years ago, um, I had a studio in the Newman Leather Building. My friend okay. uh, would I sublet space from him, and so I did all, again always working on the weekends and after work. And then I really became, I guess, around the time my daughter was born, two years ago, I started to- Congrats on the baby. Yeah, thank you, she's great, Um, real blessing. That's when I started to transition. You know, you can't be working overnight. So then I, you know, I get less time in, but you know, I usually get one Saturday, you know, one day a week, it's usually a Saturday, uh, all day in there. So I'm more of a, you know, daytime worker. I don't know if it's changed my process. The only thing is, the only thing that's changed is you could when you when you didn't have other obligations you could really focus on a painting yeah. even if you had to go to work right you knew you could come yeah. home and work on you it like that control night. your time you yeah. control your time now I know it's usually that's one day a week yeah so it's like if that if you ever lucky right yeah so sometimes you know you can't get there um, it's definitely a different process of you know approaching the work coming back to it feeling like you haven't really seen it in a little bit um, but yeah. Wait, I have a question because I'm really confused right now because you said like 10 years this, 10 years this, and then I, how old are you exactly? I'm uh, 37. I'm gonna oh, be, wow. I'm going to be 38 in Bro, December. I thought you were like 30, 31. Like, no, no, I'm 37. Wow. Yeah, I was born in 85. Oh, wow, you look so young. And Thank you. Like, <laughs> I, when you started talking like 10 years, I was like, wait a minute. I thought we were like the same age or something. Oh, no, yeah, young. I graduated from Montclair State in uh, the winter of 2008. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, that's pretty dope. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and then, like, when how does your ideas work? Like, do you have to like do they just come sporadically to you, or do you have to like kind of go into like a state of like searching for ideas to get inspired for your project? I definitely think there's a lot of searching. Yeah. With the with the portraits, which I haven't done too many recently, but with the portraits, there's a little bit of. I know who I kind of want to paint. Mm-hmm. I have a sort of running list even even if it's not written down in the back of my head of you know musicians authors I may read someone's book or biography and want to paint them Um, with the other works it is definitely a little bit of a search sometimes because I use a lot of uh, collage in my you know in the mixed media pieces sometimes it'll be you know because generally what I would do is I would have a whole bunch of newspapers I go through them all cut out the materials and I have a folder and then sometimes it would be just going through the folder and almost yeah. letting the mixed media kind of dictate where the piece yeah. was going to go. But it definitely is kind of, um, you know, it definitely is a searching, you know, maybe going to art openings or even just walking around the cities, you know, walking around New York, walking around Jersey City, walking around Hoboken, you get a little bit of inspiration. Um, sometimes, as we all know, a piece could sit for a year six months and then you come back to it because you have a fresh idea how you want to approach it actually something I'm working on right now in the studio I first started painting it in the summer of 2020 like during whatever I guess it was past the lockdown but there's still COVID and I had started it um, and I had put it to the side because you know other stuff commissions and other paintings I was working on and now I just picked it up recently yeah. the idea of like the kind of graphic I wanted to put on it came to me and so I've just started working on that now that's pretty dope do you think having a child has like inspired you a little bit more to be like endless and boundless with your creativity um I think it definitely teaches you to be balanced Mm -hmm. um it does inspire me to be creative in the sense that um it's a joy to show her my paintings see her reaction what's her name her name's Amelia. Amelia, shout out to Amelia. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, she's come to the studio a couple times. Yeah. She likes art. You know, I mean, most kids 
yeah. I feel like because that's what she does in daycare a lot is a lot of artistic projects. She likes to you know paint and coloring and coloring books and stuff. So it's uh you know it's like with parents who are musicians. Yeah. It's always nice to expose your kids to those yeah. things. It's definitely an enriching thing, and um, yeah, you know, she's definitely an inspiration. Uh, you know, she doesn't. I wouldn't say she like directly inspires any piece in mm-hmm. particular. Um, but yeah, she definitely inspires me in, in certain ways. That's really dope. Um, because when I had the first when I had the first episode where I was talking to Masha, shout out to Masha. Um, and we were talking about like where do you see ourselves in the future, and then she mentioned, and I agreed like having your kid in your studio probably seems like the ultimate coolest thing ever and you're doing it so congrats on that yeah um, it, was, it's, it was really great when she comes in and just sees it yeah you know because we show the, show the pictures we say that daddy's painting yeah. and then she comes in and she sees some of them in and what's her reaction she like <gasps> yeah you know she I, she'll yell I like it or you know yeah. I mean kids you know it's like it's like anyone you know the colors are yeah. so stimulating because a lot of my work is colorful so yeah, you know she really likes that and yeah it's really great and what's your like? What's your favorite medium? Do you like to do like graffiti or painting, or do you have a preference, or are you just kind of like a little bit of everything? You know, I like, I you know, since I haven't I haven't done too many portraits, I like the mixed media pieces, okay. and they're mostly acrylic with yeah. a little bit of spray paint. That seems to be the medium that I'm going in. I kind of like some of my work can be a little more graphic, so I like that the depth that you know mixed media gives you whereas yeah. you know you're collaging and you're painting on top of it yeah. you know it definitely adds to the the feel of the piece that's so dope yeah so do you think um as previous episodes we talked about this do you think having like a art studio has helped your work and made you disciplined as an artist yeah definitely um i remember when i first moved into the newman mother building mm-hmm. one of the things i found beneficial was to have um you know, the people in the studio were my friends. They were doing, you know, they weren't artists. They had like a startup, mm-hmm. but it's just always good for people to see your work yeah. while it's going on. And even if they're not artists, it's not like you have to listen to every word they say, but it's just good to have feedback, yeah. you know? And it's, you know, sometimes it's good to see, hear like someone be like, I don't like it. Yeah. You know, not, you know, they're not always gonna be like, oh my God, this, this is, is amazing. amazing. Yeah, yeah, like constructive criticism. Yeah, yeah, it's always good to have that. It's good to have, you know, people coming into the studio and seeing your work. It's good to have that sense of community. That's what I, you know, that's why, I mean, I know we have our, we're our studios and, you know, everyone's always in there doing their work, but that's why I like 150 Bay yeah. a little bit because it is an artistic community that's growing. And, you know, there's always going to be people seeing your work. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always people you can bounce ideas off of yeah. and stuff like that. You know, whereas like, you know, when I was first starting, you know, I was in my basement by myself. Yeah. So I'd have to invite a friend over. Yeah. Or my parent, my dad would see my work. Yeah. You know, so it's like you don't have that same thing, you know, of other artists and just, you know, random people coming yeah. through the building. I do think that definitely helps a lot. I mean, there was actually a period between going to 150 and when I, uh, my old studio, I did work in my apartment, at my apartment, and... I don't know if my creativity was stifled, but it, you know, it was, I mean, it was only my wife that would see my work. Okay. She was definitely very helpful with like being like, uh, you know, giving a critical eye to it yeah. and stuff like that. But you know, it's only one person Yeah. and you are kind of by your, you know, you're by yourself working and it, you know, to get people in there to see the work, you know, you're not going to get that yeah. where you are in a, you know, a gal, uh, studio setting. So when you're working, or like if people come to talk to you, are you able to not get distracted? Like, do you like that kind of like engagement and speaking with people while the work is go- work like going on, or do you kind of prefer to show it like after it's finished? Or it's interesting because when I've done like my public art, the murals, and other things, mm-hmm. you have to talk to people. Yeah, that I don't mind. That's actually one of the reasons why one of the things I really love about doing murals and public art is the interactions you have the compliments, talking to people, taking a break, seeing what they, you know, hearing what people think. When I'm in my studio, I like to get in the zone. Mm-hmm. And I guess I, it's more like when I invite people in or when we have events. Okay. Because when I first moved in, I didn't have anything over my windows. And it was almost like, you know, a fish in a fishbowl kind of thing where yeah, like sometimes there'd be too. people walking yeah. through and like they'd be watching you work. And yeah. I remember 
you know, I wasn't anxious, but I was like a little uneasy. Yeah. And then but, I'm like, oh, come in and talk and then, yeah. Yeah. So I guess it, I guess it depends what stage I'm at in the painting. You know, what, I guess what part of the day it is. Yeah. If I'm like, because if I'm deep in concentration, you know, I, I'm, I'm not getting out of the zone. Yeah. But if it's maybe I'm taking a break, having some coffee or whatever, you know, I'll talk about my work. So yeah. it kind of varies. And when you're working on the project, are you the type of person that like you have to keep working on it till you finish, or are you able to like okay, let me stop for today, come back tomorrow refreshed? Yeah, like I can. What's your process like? Yeah, I can definitely stop. I used to be a little bit more like want to get this finished, mm -hmm. obsessing over yeah. it. But I found in my case, I'm sure this happens with a lot of artists. In my case, was like those are the times where you maybe overwork something, yeah. or you do something that you're like. You know, less is more. Yeah. Why did I do that? Yeah. And then you end up doing more because yeah. then you have to you have to fix something. <laughs> it's like downhill from there. I feel like most artists, you know, so many artists I talk to, they, yeah. they go through that where the hardest part is stepping away because yeah. you always you're always looking at a painting. You always feel like unless it's like a set thing. Yeah. You know, portraits are a little different, whereas like it's the person. The other ones, you always feel you can add this, you can add that. Oh, can I get this line a little mm -hmm. crisper? So on and so forth. Um, I've definitely gotten a lot better at being able to just push, the, put the brushes down and, you know, you come back new day, especially when it's, um, not a commission or anything. Yeah. So I don't have a deadline. Mm -hmm. So yes, I want to get it done because I want to show it and, uh, yeah. you know, some, you know, have it maybe, you know, submit to gallery shows and stuff like that. But, you know, there's not that urgent need. Yeah. Like, oh man, you got to get this done right now. Yeah. You know, you can't force those things. Yeah, that's pretty dope. Yeah. And what's the longest, like, artwork that you spend, like, time creating on? Probably some of the murals. Murals? Yeah, because just the scale of them. Yeah. You know, the one in, uh, the Lauren Hill one in Newark, and... Is it still up? As far as I know. Yeah? Okay. I know that um, there was a, f the building that it was on was vacant. I know there was a fire in the building, but the wall... Okay was intact that was years ago and I know that the portrait of Lauren Hill didn't get tagged like the background did yeah which I actually was like oh they didn't tag over the portrait so yeah. that means they they like the portrait um I believe it's still up so that one and just because of the size you know they yeah. they take you know a month or so yeah oh wow know. I didn't know it was that that's two, pretty dope yeah two or three weeks I'd say and now speaking with him like get into like the mind of a graffiti artist do you guys have to like step all the way back and then go close to it and step all the way back or yeah, yeah. i mean especially you know i've a number of my larger murals have been portraits so okay. yeah now in that case um no yeah and then you're on a lot like the, i've never had to do ones where you're on a scissor lift or okay. on scaffold or anything yeah. they've always been like 16 feet or less okay tall yeah. so i've been able to use a ladder but yeah you gotta it's definitely you know yeah. it's like a new experience because you know it's a bigger bigger canvas right and it's not like in the studio where you're working on a small area you step back yeah. go in you got to get off the ladder look and, yeah. and it's always you know and you don't know how a surface is going to respond oh that's true yeah. all the surfaces are different so yeah. it's you know it's, an, it's always a learning experience yeah that's also a thing i find fascinating about graffiti murals how people before they even get to painting or graffiti like how much what do you call it, like in English, like the white part, the the prime, how much you have to prime the surface. Yeah, yeah. I always found like that fascinating. And then like I like watching like, you know, documentaries. I, and I remember this guy talking about like the, the quality of the type of the brick because some bricks absorb a lot of the paint, some yeah. doesn't. So it's like, and I thought that was like so fascinating. Yeah. That's pretty dope. Yeah, and then there's, then there's the unknown of, you know, you prime a wall and, there's, you know, there's been times where there's like multiple layers of primer, so some of it starts to peel off. You know, there's there's all sorts of variables that when you get out there, you kind of, you know, you get acclimated to. I mean, I'm still kind of concerned myself learning when it comes to murals because yeah. I've only done, you know, half a dozen. Yeah. You know, so it's still something that I'm learning and you know getting a getting a hang of. Oh, that's pretty dope. Yeah. I hope to see something really dope for J Cast this year. Yeah. So with uh, what do you call the uh, J J Map or JC Map? Yeah, JC Map. Yeah, 
They're listening. Hopefully, reach out to Lawrence so we can get a dope ass mural. Yeah, I, I mean, I've done a couple for JC Mac when oh, they cool. when they first started. Um, um, I don't remember exactly what year they started, but I remember when they started out. And, uh, you know, special thanks to Brooke Hansen. She definitely gave me a lot of opportunities when I was, you know, first getting into murals and when they were, you know, just starting up. Um, yeah, I've done ones in a couple of the parks here um, on Bergen Ave near McGinley Square. And, uh, yeah, I mean, what they're doing in the city is really great. I mean, they got local artists, international artists. It's really... You know, it really brings a vibrancy. So yeah, they have a pretty dope um, program. Yeah, and then you know the the thing they do with the young, with the kids, the high school kids. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, they have a youth, they have a youth program. They even have a, I think they have a summer camp, and they have every year. There's, uh, Catherine Hart is one of the artists, and there's another gentleman. They do, they've done, multiple. I guess they're on high, uh, on the high schools. One is okay. on Ferris High School, right by the, right on Columbus by the overpass, you know, or oh, 78, okay. like the yeah, turnpike yeah. extension, there's a high school right there, okay. Ferris High School. They did one, I think it was last summer. Oh, so every year they've been doing that, which is really cool because it's artist led. And I'm sure the artists help in a certain way, yeah. but it's the kids paint the mural. Okay. So that's so it's like a collective of- Exactly, oh, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a really great program they do. They even made a documentary about it one year. Um, so yeah, they oh, do a lot of, yeah, they, I forget, I can't recall That's what the documentary cool, yeah. called. I believe it, it was before COVID. I want to say like 2018, okay. 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have a question. Going back to the young Lawrence, if you could go back, I guess I was always planning to ask Dave to ask, if you could go back to your younger self, just like walk in whatever studio you were like 20 years ago or 10 years ago, what's an advice you would tell yourself? Well, the funny thing is 20 years ago, I didn't do too much art. No? No, I did. I mean, it's interesting. Growing up, my brother, my brother's a drummer. He's a musician. Oh, wow. um, well, he has a you know he has a job, but yeah. he's a drummer. He was the artistic sort of one. Like from the time he could walk, he wanted a drum set. And from the time I walked could walk, I was a sports guy. Like oh, wow. basketball, soccer, baseball. You know, I did all that stuff. So it wasn't really until I was going into college that I. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did art. You know, I loved yeah. to draw as a kid. I did art classes, and you know, up until high school. But it wasn't until I was going to college that I got into design and then therefore design, I got into art. Mm-hmm. The one, so I guess the the thing I would say 20 years ago is you don't know what the future holds in the yeah. sense that like, you know, 20 years ago or even, you know, 30 years ago when I was like seven years old, like yeah. I wanted to be in the NBA. Yeah. You know, I was like, I want to be in the NBA, you know, uh, or I want to play soccer or whatever it was, but you know, you know, 200 people make the NBA, whatever it is, right? Like, (laughs) so it's like winning the lottery. So I would guess I would, you know, you don't know where it's going to take you because I didn't think I would be an artist probably back then or, you know, doing the kind of paintings. I mean, our work all of our work evolves. My work's evolved even from when I started painting 10 years ago. And so, you know, I guess never, you know, close yourself off to an idea or opportunity or think you can't do something, you know, because I can definitely paint and draw a lot better than I did or even would have thought I could, yeah. you know, uh, when I was like a teenager because I wasn't even thinking about that. And, uh, you know, I'm definitely, you know, better than I was 10 years ago. So it's definitely a kind of a thing where, you know, stay open to things. You can always do something new. Yeah. You can always reinvent yourself in that exactly. sense. That's pretty dope. Yeah. And do you think your love for sports has, like, influenced your work? Because I see a lot of athletes sometimes in your work. Yeah. Definitely, um, you know, kind of the the people that I've painted, just be, you know, it's usually someone I've admired, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, someone whose example, I think everyone can learn from and stuff like that, and I kind of see, you know, I know there are different entities, but sports, arts, fashion, music, it's all part of yeah. you know the culture of wherever you live and you know wherever you are, and so that's you know, you know, definitely, uh, you know, part of it where you know i don't see them kind of completely separate you know you can they're all like influenced by yeah you can yeah yeah. you you know you can be influenced by the work ethic of an athlete Mm -hmm. and imply that to your artwork yeah or a musician or a writer or whatnot that's pretty dope that's pretty dope going back to the murals how did you 
like as you mentioned your love for sports and everything how did you what was like the moment during college that you started to do art and practice art that you felt like oh wow this is this could be something that I really enjoy um, you know it was a really it was towards the towards the end of my studies I was getting close to graduating I'm, I remember having you know the painting classes you know not not being particularly too good at it not necessarily having outside of the assignment not having a focus or a desire to do it being I guess intimidated because yeah. you know it's like anything it's like you look at someone's paintings like how do how do yeah. they do that and I wish I could remember the, the teacher's name he wasn't my professor but I was I was early to a class and so I was waiting it was in the drawing studio so I was just my friend was there I was talking to him and I'll never forget this professor was talking to one of his students and he said don't get intimidated just remember it's pigment next to pigment you know and that's all it is because the mistake I made I'm sure a lot of people make is you look at a hand or you look at anything you're trying to draw it exactly trying to make it perfect but if you're trying to draw the hand or the apple or whatever it is you're not going to because you know you just kind of have I don't know you you just have obsessive trying to be perfect exactly right so I remember that kind of unlocking something in my head you know because of the design work that I was you know studying and doing just always you know loving seeing art the kind of art that I really enjoyed you know the muralist the graffiti wanting to do something like that and you know obviously around that time Shepard Ferry I mean I know he's you know but still very famous but yeah that was at the time of the Obama hope poster so he was like you know really blowing up and I just remember thinking like you know there's always a way to express yourself right you know he he uses stencils there's always a medium so I would I was getting into stencil work and I remember just making little Mm one-offs I would give them to my friends oh that's dope yeah I would just you know like little I remember the first one I made was actually the very first stenciled portrait I made was of uh, Zach De La Rosa from Rage Against the Machine, the mm-hmm. lead singer. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, I was just, I remember, you know, I, was, I guess it's like one of those things. If you, a musician, you write a song, you see the end product, you're like, oh, wow. Like, I'm going to keep going at this yeah, and see yeah. where it takes me. And I guess, I mean, that's really, really all it was. And then I guess, and then the second part of it, I, I always saw working in the studio or working at home, wherever I was working, my art was a way to not be going out and wasting money mm-hmm. on nonsense. You know, yeah. not that I, smart. not that I didn't. Not that you did because you had to buy art supplies. Which yeah, not, not that, cheap. Yeah, but not that I didn't like go out and party. Yeah. But you know, you see, you know, I mean, we all see. You see young people, and they have no real direction or focus. Yeah. And, I mean, their main thing is just getting messed right. up on the weekends, <laughs> yeah. getting drunk, and you know, doing yeah. all that kind of stuff. So I was like, how am I going to, what am I going to do? I'm not just going to do this all the time, and I'm not just going to party my life away, so. Was it like a conscious choice, or just like subconsciously you saw your friends? No, it was was a conscious conscious choice. choice. And not because I saw um, anything terrible. Mm -hmm. It was just, maybe it was part boredom. Yeah. You know, going to to similar places, doing the same old things kind of thing. But it was... You know, and also I had a lot of friends who were musicians, so I'd always seen them have that outlet, mm-hmm. right? Where, yeah, we would hang out, party, whatever, and then they would have something to, you know, kind of do. Yeah. And so I guess I, you know, once I transitioned out of playing sports, I, you know, I was I was looking for something else, and uh, yeah, it was just a good way. And then especially when I moved out and I moved to Hoboken, it was an even better way to not be going out and wasting money yeah. at bars. Especially like in Hoboken, they still can't paint. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was, still hundred bars. Yeah. yeah, it was very, very tempting, but it was a good way of not not doing that yeah. and not, you know, because at the end of the day, it's just a waste of time. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh yeah, definitely. And going back to inspirations, how do ideas come to you? Like for me, like when I'm in motion and I'm waking up going to Pico's, is like when I have the best ideas, like when I'm driving. How like I don't know, is it like a spiritual thing? Is it just like pop in your head or? I have similar experiences. Yeah. You're saying I could be driving. It's I should really probably start putting like a, I know a lot of people book. put a, a notebook next yeah, to yeah. their bed to just even yeah. write things down. 
um, because that happens to me yeah. more so when I'm waking up, not necessarily maybe when I'm going yeah. to sleep. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, some for instance, I had, that the piece I was talking about that I had started, um, you know, three years ago, mm-hmm. and I put to the side because I knew what I wanted to do in terms of the background. I knew kind of the subject matter, but then the graphic that went on top, I didn't really know what it was. And yeah. then the other day, I just had this idea of, because the piece is based on, there's a song, are you familiar with a group called Run the Jewels, the hip hop group? No. Uh, they're a hip hop duo, um, and they've been around, I don't know how long, anyway. Is it like during the Beastie Boys era? Is no, no, they're no? they're right now. Oh, they're, my bad. Well, <laughs> well, one of the guys, they've been rapping for that long. They're like, they're, they're older than I am. Yeah. I believe they're both in their 40s. So these okay. guys, one guy's from Atlanta, Killer Mike, he's like, He's done songs with Outkast going back to the 2000s. And then the That's other guy, there, yeah. uh, LP, is from New York. And he's been rapping, um, you know, since like the ninth. Yeah. You know, they've both been rapping for a yeah, long time. Yeah. Anyway, they formed this duo. And um, in 2020, they came out with, I don't know, I think it was their fourth album. Anyway, there's a song on it. And the hook is, look at all these slave masters posing on your dollar. Oh, wow. All right? Jeez. Yeah, so I, I made this... It's actually a whole bunch of skateboards that I mounted on wood, and I had collaged all the skateboards, and then I was just doing random spray paint, splatter paint, and then I had this stencil that just said, look, and I just was spray spray painting that stencil all over it. So I had this wow. big canvas, and it just said, look everywhere. Yeah. But then it was, so I, I knew that, you know, I was basing it off the painting. I got the idea, you know, I understood kind of what they were saying in the song, but what's the you know, the focal point going to be. And so this idea of a graphic that had, there's a, a, you know, a businessman in a suit with, you know, he doesn't have a head though. And then there's um, telephone lines and a city skyline that connect to a picture of Harriet Tubman. And um, I can't, I don't know if it's Federal Hall. Anyway, where they wrote, where the the people who wrote the Declaration of Independence met in Philadelphia. Uh And then there's and then there's some flowers around it and I got the what the idea what I'm trying to convey in it is the connection from the the you know the creation of the United States of America through the period of you know and then through the period of slavery and then the connection to the I guess you want to say modern times which is represented by the power lines the city, city skyline and this gentleman without you know, in a suit, and it's sort of, it's not sort of, it is a, um, I can't think of the word, it's kind of, um, oh man, I wish I could think of the word, it's on the tip of my tongue, it's kind, it's um, not investigating, but it's exploring, exploring exploring the idea of the beauty that can exist in this, in this country, despite all the flaws, the, Mm -hmm you know, the plurality that exists in this yeah. country, where you had a country created with a declaration that said all men are created equal. We know they weren't. We know yeah. there was slavery. We know there was Jim Crow. We know there was all these terrible yeah. things. But then, and then there's, you know, the businessman represents capitalism. So there's the negative, but then there's the positive of there's still beauty that exists. That's what the flowers kind of represent. Mm-hmm. There's still beauty that exists within this. There's still progress that has been made. You know, there's still wonderful things, and there's still something very beautiful about a multicultural, multi-ethnic, multi-religious, multi-everything democratic society. Yeah. You know, for all because I always focus on the people. Mm-hmm. You know, for you know, our government has many faults. Yeah. And we could talk <laughs> well, about those. Yeah. That, that's an endless it thing. Yeah. yeah, it could be here forever, and you could you can use any any country, right? Mm-hmm. Governments are governments, but the people, you know, the people are beautiful. Yeah. And the people are what push social change and all that kind of stuff. So that's where I was really going with that. But that idea didn't come to, I mean, I pushed that aside Mm -hmm. for three years and I couldn't really, but then the other day, you know, just like you're saying, it's almost, you could be in the car or you could be running or whatever comes into your head. And then in that case, then I try to get quickly, I'm working on at least a graphic or something just to get it out of me. Is the, is the work finished? Because I'd love to include in like the. Uh, no. no. No, it's it's still a work in progress. No rush, and, no rush. Yeah. yeah but that would be like really, really dope. Yeah, I'm hoping to have it done 
you know, in time for anything that happens in the fall, yeah. like Jay Cast oh, or anything cool. like that. Yeah, yeah. and that, those are the ones on the skateboard you mentioned. Right? Yeah, it's on oh, the skateboard. Dope. And you have three of them? No, it's actually one painting. No, like you said, you have three skate decks. Oh no, know? it's actually, I think it, it's like eight or nine skateboards. Oh, wow. Yeah. And you like take the wheels out? Yeah, the wheels are. I took. Well, actually, what it was. When I first started painting, I did some skate. I did some paintings that incorporated skateboards, and I had some friends that were skateboarders. Yeah. And so anytime they had a deck that they were gonna throw away, I just said, "Give it to me." So I actually. That was another thing. I had had these skateboards in my studio for so long, and oh, I never cool. had done anything. And so then, you know, COVID gave us a lot of time to work on stuff. So yeah. <laughs> I That's did amazing. get a, I did get a lot of ideas out during the first parts of COVID. So when you're working on something and you kind of feel like it's not going anywhere to you you're like my god this sucks like i wasted my whole day are you the type to like throw it out and get angry or do you like kind of leave it like in the corner of your studio and think i'm gonna go work back on that i'm not the kind to throw it out i am the kind to i will put it to the side and Uh go back to it and i'm not afraid to paint over it i had a painting i'm actually doing uh uh, for my dad He, he wanted something like he gave me like a general outline of what he wanted he showed me some pictures and it was, I was talking to my wife about this because every day in the studio isn't perfect, obviously. Yeah. And sometimes you have those days where you spend six, seven hours and when you stand up and you leave, you don't like what you see. Yeah. So I worked on this painting for my dad. You know, I spent a whole Saturday. And when I was leaving, I said, this is, this looks terrible. Yeah. You know, it does, I mean, it wasn't completed, but it yeah. was getting towards there. I was, said, this looks really bad and I don't like it. And it doesn't feel good to have spent all this time in the studio yeah. today but you know I, so I painted over it yeah. you know I I always am uh, you know coaching myself you can't go into the studio every day with the expectation that you're gonna you know have a perfect day where yeah. you're gonna get you know exactly what you want to do done and it's gonna work out this way it's just not how yeah. art is I think my mind has uh, you know, I have to switch my mind off from because my day job, I still work in a crate shop. Okay. Very straightforward. Yeah. You get a piece of paper, like black and white. Yeah. You cut the wood to the yeah. size and you put it together. And yeah. you know, there's not much. There's yeah. nothing. There's no much. There's no creativity to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you have to change your mind a little bit and realize that it's you're not gonna. You're gonna have bad days. You're gonna have good days. You're gonna have days where you want to paint over it or maybe you want to throw it away. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that. And like, how do you cope with that? Because to me, there's nothing worse. Like when you have a great day, like when I go to the gym, I do everything I have to do. And I'm like, oh, today's going perfect. It's 11 a.m. I woke up early to get to the, to the art studio. And then everything goes to like crap. Like, how do you cope with that? Do you like have a mental, mini mental breakdown? <laughs> like, you know? um, I guess, I don't know. I'll talk to my wife about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll just be like, man, you know, today was really bad. Yeah. The painting looks terrible. Yeah. You know, I wasted a whole day there. Um, yeah, I guess, I mean, I try to avoid having the breakdown where just reminding myself that days like this happen. Yeah. I think, be, I guess it would also depend if it was a commission yeah. or something like that. There's a deadline. So. Yeah, or if there was, you know, Again, if there was some type of monetary, if there was some, if there was money on the line, yeah. you know, maybe I would, I'm sure I would react differently. Mm-hmm. You know, in this case, it's a little bit more, it's definitely more free, so I didn't have a similar reaction. But yeah, there's been times where it's, you know, something that's a commission or something, and you know, it's really frustrating you, and you're, you know, you really get close to losing it. Yeah. In that case, step away. Yeah. Take a deep breath. Immediately, yeah. Right. Yeah. Step away and just get get a hold of things. Yeah. And then, what's your creative process like? When you, as soon as you get to the studio, are you able to like get to work right away, or do you kind of like chill, have a coffee, yeah. whatever, relax? Yeah, I'm more so uh, where I relax. Yeah. You know, I definitely agree with the notion of sitting with your work. Yeah. And. Obviously, it depends if I'm starting something. Yeah. Maybe I'll do a little bit right away. But if I have something work in progress, I'll come in, you know, have some coffee, look at the work a little bit, put something on the computer. Since I'm working on Saturdays, usually I put some soccer on in the mm-hmm. background. My laptop, and um, yeah, then I'll get to it. But yeah, give myself, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. 
usually I'd have some notes I've taken to writing notes like next to the painting, oh, wow. so, you know, because like just in case I forget something yeah, when I come yeah. back the next week. So I'll go to my notes and stuff like that. Um, if I'm starting a painting, you know, if I'm gonna collage or mixed media, I may just right away jump in and try to get something down and then yeah. take a break. But yeah, I do really enjoy coming in and, um, you know, sitting with it, looking at it, and then going from there. Oh, wow. And have you always been like that? Like, or just like what you said, I'm like, now I'm like that in my life. But like when I was younger, like 10 years ago, I was just like, be able to just go in, boom, 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 get things done. But now I'm like, the process is, to me is more inspiring. Like the simple, as you said, not the process. Yeah, definitely. I think when I first started, I was like that, just jumping right in. Mm -hmm. And then I found that, you know, if you, you think, you think you know the direction it's going in, but I don't want to say you mess up, but you mess up yeah. to a degree. You maybe do too much. Yeah. You know, you go a little overboard with a certain element or something like that. Um, I, my feeling is when you sit with it more, you think about it more and you really get a clear idea of what you want the piece to be saying, mm -hmm. you know, and that's definitely important um, to flesh that out before you go in. Sometimes, you know, I would just jump right in and I didn't have a clear idea and that's sometimes, and that often what happens, you just end up wasting time. Yeah. So try to avoid that, make, you know, the optimal use of the hours you have. Yeah. And um, since you do graffiti and like multimedia, do you sometimes use like the byproduct of things? Like, like you said, you took like a photo to collage it for future projects. Do you, like, I really like when people kind of use like the spray can or like the cap or for their work. Do you, like, do you do anything like that? I had, I did. Yeah. When I first, when I was first painting, I would, I was, I have some, I don't even know if they, some, some people probably have them somewhere. Um, the one, some I got rid of just because they weren't, you know, it's kind of like, not necessarily the style didn't really match how like yeah. what my art I progressed to, but yeah, I would a lot of my some of my early pieces, I just had all sorts of found objects or my stuff, just old shoes, mm -hmm. and you know I have a few three or four pieces where um, I would attach it to a canvas or a piece of wood or whatever, uh, prime it, and then just abstract and it was yeah. you know yeah spray cans uh, old records cds oh, that's good. bottle caps spray yeah. paint cans uh fake plastic flowers you know all stuff like that so yeah i definitely i have not done that in a while but i used to do that a lot more yeah and in like terms of um your work are you like consciously thinking when you're creating when you're not creating like you're thinking like oh in 10 years i want to like are you trying to like always learn something new or just make what you do better like if you think okay in 10 years i want to do this or in 10 years i want to do like i don't know build a house and have it like you know like a functional sculptural graffiti type of whatever i think that um i feel like i want my work not to be confined to mm -hmm. a certain thing to a certain i mean we all have a style yeah but I don't want to confine it to, it has to be this or that, or it yeah. has to look exactly like this. I I think we all make plans. 10 years I'm gonna do this, five years I'm gonna do that. They, de they generally, you generally have to change those plans and something else comes along. Um, but I don't have enough, I don't have the desire to like confine my work where I can't, where I only am gonna paint in a certain style or a certain type of painting. You know, I feel like we should, all artists should feel free to do, you know, not whatever they want, but, you know, express yourself. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, so many artists have had different phases mm -hmm. and their works look different or they did this or that because, you know, it's, I guess it's the distinction between a commercial artist and, you know, I don't know, fine artist, I guess is yeah. too, Sometimes it seems like too hoity-toity of a word, but that's kind of the difference. You know, I don't, 
I'm not against commercial work or commercial yeah. artists. There's very, you know, they're very talented too, and they produce great work. But I don't want to get stuck in that lane where I'm only doing the Photoshop, you yeah. know, portraits, or I'm only doing uh, this or that. You know, I want to leave it open to explore new, you know, n- new things. I mean, you you know, you can see it in a lot of artists too, where they're always exploring new surfaces, new materials, yeah. you know different because there's always new ways to of mark making because that's all it is it's mark making you know yeah so there's always a new way and a new thing to explore and what do you do like when you're at, i don't know like the right word or term for the art world but like what do you do when you have like writer's block do you kind of like reference your old work or do you ever go back and you know try to get like some vibes off of that yeah i, I do that um it's a really good question i do that i I do go on like you know social media and stuff and and look around the thing with that is I don't want to be too influenced where I'm making something that is a copy kind of <laughs> yeah. you know a copy or yeah. you know you see a lot too is like people say like oh this is inspired by but it's really sort of like mm-hmm. a bootleg yeah you know or a copy sometimes it's like a subconscious copy that they yeah. don't even realize until you're yeah they don't realize like, it and they're like oh my god you're right I try to avoid that yeah. So that's why I don't, I don't, I mean, I enjoy looking at work, but I want to avoid maybe, you know, biting someone's yeah. idea. So I'll go look back at old work. Um, you know, maybe I'll read a book or something, you know, something that'll give me, you know, inspiration. A lot of times, I don't, I don't do it as often now, but a lot of times just going out. Mm-hmm. You know, we live in such a, you know, this densely populated area, they're just, you just get overloaded yeah. with information, you know, visual information, everything. So that definitely helps just, you know, going out there because you can never tell what's, you know, like you say, things pop into your head. So you can be walking on the street, see someone, see a car. I, I don't know. See yeah. some, see anything that just says, oh, man, I, you know, I'm going to I'm going to do that now. Yeah. So that's the one thing, is, you know, I really like about one of the aspects of like living in a, you know, urban densely populated areas there seems to be a never-ending stream of things that can inspire you i also do think it's okay when you have writer's block to just sit with it and not feel like you have to you know i I forget i can't remember who it was but someone an artist was talking about that on instagram was like i just sit with it and it's okay i just saw some like i had like 10 people send me this video is it like i feel like it's like this geared to universal thing because everybody's talking about is this like the guy that's like black and white and he's talking to somebody off camera because he said, "I just got that." It might be. What you said. Yeah. I, I don't remember. I do. I did oh see God, it. I so did funny. see it on Instagram. Yeah. But it wasn't too recently that I can recall exactly what it was. But it was something like that, you know, saying just yeah. sit with it and let it be. Yeah. Let the writer's block oh, wow, be. Yeah. You don't don't feel the need that you have to create something. Yeah. You know, it'll come to you. Mm-hmm. You know, because because th- that's part of it. I think because this is something else I saw on social media. I don't know if it was the same account. It was like we have, you know, artists. Maybe we have the tendency to adopt sort of like because we live in a capitalist society because we live in new york where it's like you got to produce all the time you know we get that in our head where it's like all right i'm done with this painting what's the next one you know i'm done with this what's the next one but that's not always how art works you know i mean think about like musicians they write an album and they go tour they play that album and then they don't go back in four or five six years yeah Yeah, it could be you know it could be that amount of time so you know but I, but then I understand the opposite because I'm the same way as like I want to be producing new work. I want to be putting new work out there for people to see and stuff like that. So you know, that's always the constant, uh, you know, back and forth. And do you keep like a, like an archive of your work, like the earliest piece you've done until now? Like you have like images saved or something like that? I think so. And that would be really cool to see. I think so. I ha- I the the Zach Delaroca one. Mm-hmm. I know I have that canvas somewhere. I'm sure some of my friends still have the original canvases that I did mm-hmm. for them of the portraits, like real crude black and white stencil yeah. with a colored background. That's basically all it was. I know some of them have those. Um, some portraits, uh, pictures of some of the artwork has to exist somewhere. If I don't have them, somebody's got to have them. And yeah. I mean, I, I think I have an archive of them somewhere. I feel like I photographed a lot of the work. Maybe I deleted them, like, mm-hmm. if I took them off my website. Yeah. And then some of them, like, 
some of the early paintings I was saving, you know, saying, oh, these are my first works. But then I whittled it down to kind of two or three that I yeah. said, okay, this is, you know, this was really what I want to save and then the rest I think I got rid of. Like what advice do you have for a young artist that like are, are starting out, but they don't know how to do it? Like, where, like whether it's somebody that wants to go to art school or not, like what, what advice would you give them? Some of the advice I always got that I kind of pass along and some advice I've heard from musicians and having, you know, friends and my brother, like I said, being in bands for so long is you just have to do it. Yeah. Meaning, you know, you it. do your artwork yeah. and then what whatever feels whatever opportunity feels right, do it. You want because the goal is to get people to see your yeah. art. Whereas musicians want people to hear their music. So if that means getting a, you know, a vendor like a street vendor permit and setting yourself up in this on a sidewalk in New York City and trying to sell your artwork or in Jersey or wherever, mm -hmm. if that means doing street fair, you know, I did a lot of street fairs, I did, you know, art markets, I applied to open calls, I did, you know, you know, you, I mean, you see hear a lot of, you know, really successful artists talk about it. it's, you know, hustle or grind mentality of always getting out there, you know, you meeting you know because when you get out there you meet other artists you meet you know people that might give you an opportunity unfortunately one great tool when i first started painting i mean i was late to it but instagram was great at one point mm -hmm. for connecting with people yeah. organically yeah. in 2012 i remember my friend for years had been like dude you got to get on instagram yeah. dude you got to and i didn't understand why i was like why are you telling me you got on? Yeah. you know i because i looked at it like facebook i was like it's a waste of time but I got on Instagram and it was still, it was when it was still chronological and it was still organic. Oh, and, I miss it so much, chronological, yeah. And organic, I mean, the amount of connections I made of other artists whose work I admired who would yeah. like my picture because they just saw it or whatever. I mean, it, you know, stuff like that was great. But yeah, I just feel like it's, you know, it's doing it. It's creating your work, yes, but then it's doing whatever you can. Any Every opportunity, right? A musician will play any small bar, yeah. any small cafe, they have to, because, you know, for most of us, it's not gonna work out. Exactly. You know, like, I mean, I don't make a living off of my art. Mm -hmm. I make a side income, yeah. but I have a main job. But if you want that fulfilling thing, because most people, they work their job and they go home and maybe they watch like, not, and again, I'm not like judging anyone, but yeah. they watch TV, they watch Netflix, they whatever, they spend time with their family, that's great art for us if you're an artist that's your fulfilling thing and then yeah. some people have other activities right people go exercise they play intramural sports whatever if you're an artist that's your thing and then hopefully for you it works out and then understanding that you're gonna have to put a lot of time in i mean you know you don't have to hear it from me but so many artists musicians talk about ten thousand hours ten years i mean yeah you know like they were like 200 songs and took it yeah i was an overnight success song, yeah. and it took me 10 years right yeah. i mean we generally only see someone when they get notoriety and fame. We don't know that they, you yeah, know. It's like the struggle era. Yeah. yeah, you don't know that they were selling, you know, their paintings for $10 and, yeah. you know, they were doing the same They're thing. They were in front of the mat every day trying to get. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sending emails out to everyone yeah. trying to get people to come out to their shows. So I always look at it as like it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of investing your time and your, you know, your energy. And then also accepting that, you know, it's not, it's not going to happen overnight and it may not happen to the degree you think right I'm sure in my in the back of my head I thought oh in five ten years you know I'll be doing art full-time yeah you know because you make certain gains and you're like oh it's uh -huh. but we know it's not linear right it doesn't yeah. go the line doesn't just go like this yeah, yeah. no but but you ever go back like to yourself like with yourself and you think wow like when I was this age I really thought like two three years I worked this hard every day for six months, boom, I got Yeah, that. no, I thought it and, it, and and you get like an opportunity, you're like, oh, this is the first step, Yeah. right? You know, um, there was a nonprofit that I worked a lot with uh, in the city and they used to do art auctions every year. And so I was working with them and then they, they would solicit work and so I would donate a piece and like, you know, I was with, in shows with these big artists who I looked up to and I was like, oh wow, this is like the first step in yeah. You know, it doesn't work. It doesn't work out that way. You know, I accept it and I keep, you know, I keep doing it because at the end of the day, artists, you know, creatives of all kind, 
you do it for yourself. You do it for the audience, but you also do it for yourself. Yeah. Right? You're, you know, a guy, a guitarist or a poet or whoever is going to write poetry, whether their book is getting published or is a New York Times bestseller or not. You know, I'm going to paint whether it's in a nice studio at 150 Bay or if it was in my dad's basement. Mm -hmm. I'm going to paint it, you know, no matter what. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to paint for my whole life, whether I get any type of notoriety or whatever. So, I mean, I've heard so many musicians talk to me about this. Is like, you don't do it for that. and You don't do it with an expectation. You do it because you love it, basically. So you definitely have to love it and, you know, be willing to invest that time. And, you know, I hope it, you know, I hope it works out for you. That's the ultimate reward. And another question. That was beautiful. Thank you. Another question from like a business strategy, because a lot of, I mean, I think everybody, like when they start out with artists, they get a lot of issues. I realize having like a business strategy versus like an artistic talent strategy is two different things. What's an advice that you kind of like wish when you were starting out, you kind of like thought about or knew of that you think that was like an advantage? Well, you know what? One of the good things was I had a professor in my last year. Um, she was a design professor. And she was always, I know design is a little different, you know, than painting and fine art and stuff. But she was talking to us about that. She would always say, like, don't forget, this is a business. You know, I know you're a designer. Yeah. And, you know, we had a lot of really talented illustrators in our design classes who were a little bit more, you know, on the fine art side. But don't forget that you're a business, meaning sit down, um, establish what you think you should get an hour mm-hmm. and apply that, you know, to it. Because it's always hard to think, oh, I'm going to charge hourly for this yeah. drawing or for this painting. Now, you, necessarily, you may not necessarily always get to do it that way, but approach it that way because, you know, it, you, it's, it's, it's definitely hard for artists because you don't, you don't want to think of your art as a product. But if you're selling it, yeah. it is a store. It you know is a product. Work. Yeah, 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 for sure. You know, so I guess determining what you think you should get, um, always looking, you know, looking at it as such as a business, you know, so that you value your time and that people will value your time. Yeah. We all, you know, a lot of times myself, I'm sure a lot of other artists, you make the mistake of, you know, devaluing, undervaluing yourself, doing something. You know, I guess, sorry, to pivot, one business thing I would say is if someone's asked, don't ever do work pro bono or for free unless you believe in the mission of the company. You know, I'm sure you've had it. I've had opportunities where it's not a nonprofit, you know, trying to get work for free. And I would always say no. You know, I had I had older, you know, I had some my brother's a little bit older than me and he had some friends that were artists, too. And they would give me that advice is as tempting as it seems, you know, it's not free. Yeah. You know, you don't you don't walk into a restaurant and say, I'll say something really good about your steak if you yeah. do this if you give it to me for free, <laughs> yeah. you know? That happens a lot in art in no, design really though. They say like, Oh, I'll promote you, it's good experience, it's good exposure. So, you know, think of it that way. Unless it's something uh, you know, an organization that you strongly believe in their mission, right? Like I had no problem donating a painting to that nonprofit I yeah. talked about because I believe in their mission. I believe in what they did and what they continue to do, I think is really, uh, you know, valuable. And um, knowing your worth, reading the market, you know, because I always had uh, colleagues always say, well, how do you know how much to price your artwork for? Non-artists and artists. I say, I don't, you know, I go out into the world. I do an art market. I do an art fair. I have a price on there. If it sells or if I get interest, I know that it's priced appropriately. Or if people are kind of, you know, like, "Eh, I don't know, I know that I need to bring it down a little bit. Also knowing your audience, you know, um, like something like 14C, Mm -hmm. you're going to maybe price a little higher than if you're doing a street fair. Right. You're and also if it's a work on canvas, if it's a print, so on and so forth. So, I mean, I mean, like anything else, though, it's like a learning experience. Right. Mm -hmm. I think the most important thing is the more you get out there, the more you'll learn about it right because the more feedback you'll get and you know there's for all the people that don't want to give you advice there's always going to be someone who's been there before you that's going to be willing to give you advice you know know? you're like the Tony Robbins of the (laughs) artwork no that's so dope 
And I finally remembered the question that I wanted to ask you okay, earlier. Okay, cool. Because um, I have a lot of problem with this. Are you able, because you said you work with, like, your job is very black and white during the day. It's very precise. It's, like, mathematically. Um, are you able to, like, um, how can I word this? Are you able to kind of turn off your business brain and go into an artistic brain, like, in the same day or not too much, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I am a little bit. I don't often paint during the week yeah. after work. I do sometimes work on the computer creating okay. graphics or whatever for it. Yeah, I am. I mean, you know, I come home and I have dinner and stuff. It's hard because, you know, a, a manual labor job is physically draining. Yeah. So you're, you know, you're tired. Emotionally, Some, spiritually, yeah, exactly. The, sometimes yeah. the last thing you want to do is sit at a computer else, and yeah. do anything else. But again, it's one of those things where you kind of got to push yourself into it. Mm -hmm. And then also, I'm always I do push myself because it's a rewarding, um, you know, expression of my talents and my and, it, and it's creative, you know. Whereas during the day, it's very robotic. You know, it's not really creative. I mean, yeah, I'm working with my hands, so there's something, you know, there's something redeeming in that. And, but it's very, you know, repetitive, right? There's, you know, it's not too new. So, um, yeah, I, I can can do it. Some days are more difficult than others. Because, um, you know, it's a really, it's a really hard thing to kind of switch that creative yeah. mind on, especially when it's time constrained, right? Because yeah. it's, you know, I mean, we all deal with it. You can't be like, okay, now I'm now yeah. it's creative time. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, I can't. I have to do like business day or art day. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that because it's a it's a different mindset. It's yeah. a different approach. It's different everything. Do you have anything coming up that we can like look forward to? Uh, yeah, actually, on May 11th at Art 150, we're going to be having an art crawl. Uh, we've been doing these. I guess four times a year, all the artists on the second floor at 150 Bay Street are gonna be opening their doors to the public. There's also a gallery space that will be exhibiting work from artists within the building and also from other uh, organizations. And I know Departed Souls, the brewery on the ground floor of 150 Bay will be having a cash bar. A cash bar, guys. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And you know, it really should be a really good time. We've done, I think, two or three of them already. And then you just continue to bring more people into R150 because yeah. there's a lot of good stuff going on there. May 11th, 5 to 9, get the word out, please. That's right, I forgot the time, 5 to 9 p.m. And everybody come on out. Yeah, please. And do you mind sharing your website and Instagram with us? Sure, uh, my website is lawrencecierralo.com. That's L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E. C-I-A-R-A-L-L-O.com and my Instagram is Lawrence Ciarallo, spelled the same way. Okay, perfect. I was just about to ask you because I was like, I have no idea how to even spell it or attempt to. Um, and another question that, because we had uh, previous artists get like um, inquiries about commission, if people like like your work, but they want to like gift for like Mother's Day or Father's Day coming up, can they like reach out to you for commissions? Are you open for commissions? Yeah, I'm open for commissions. If you're on uh, my website, there's an email that you can hit and you just send it on over to me and open for commissions. Uh, I've done digital work for people and it works on Canvas, uh, all sizes, so. Perfect, perfect. Yep. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been a pleasure having you. Thanks for having me. So interesting to talk to you finally, we meet in person. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, and hopefully we see each other around on your next adventure. Sounds right? good. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Tariq Talk. Follow Tariq Talk on all social media channels, and check out the video interviews online.